Dr. Cesar Oliver with another episode of the Way to College podcast. And, um, you know, this podcast has been um, really just a great opportunity for me to connect with folks and to connect with folks that, that I knew, people I've met, but to go a little deeper and to get their stories. Um, I, I don't necessarily fancy myself a storyteller, but maybe more of a collector of stories now. And today, today I have a special guest. Uh, I've known this gentleman for a few years now, but I'm going to let him introduce himself to the to our listeners out there. So, Jose, would you mind introducing yourself? No problem. Thank you for for having me. Uh, my name is uh, Jose Martinez. I am uh, originally where well, I was born in uh, Matehuala, San Luis Potosí, or a little ranchito outside of Matehuala, San Luis Potosí, called La Luz. Uh, but until recently, there was no electricity in La Luz uh, <laughs> or running water or things of that nature. Uh, I came to this country when I was about uh, four years old. When I was seven years old, I started uh, migrating with my family uh, to the Midwest, uh, Michigan, uh, Illinois, and, and different parts of the Midwest. I began working uh, as I met, when I was seven years old in agriculture. Uh, I tell students of mine that I'm a first-generation college student, but a third-generation uh, migrant farm worker. Uh, my grandfather uh, began that path as a bracero, and my parents continued, and then my, me and my siblings worked in, in agriculture. And I had the unique opportunity of working alongside my uh, paternal grandparents, uh, my mother, my father, and my brothers in a very large extended family. Uh, I grew up in Donna, Texas, in the little colonia uh, in South Donna. And like many families in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, we were built a house one room at a time. Uh, and, and you know, when we had enough money saved up from working in the fields, we'd add another room, maybe a floor, maybe a roof uh, to a room. Uh, I have seven brothers, no sisters. Uh, so it's eight boys. Uh, and of the eight of us, uh, all of us finished high school, all of us graduated from college. And... Uh, uh, I've got brothers who are, my brother's an attorney, um, engineer, uh, pharmacists, graphic designers, educators, entrepreneurs. Uh, and, and, I t and, I, and I tell uh, students of mine this often, and I, and, I, and I don't say it because I think we're somehow uh, special. Uh, I share it with them because I know that, that, that we're not unique and that these opportunities should be available and this, this uh uh, these things that we've done, uh, I want my students to do even more. Uh, and I tell them in class, I say, I want you to go further than we ever did. We've done some pretty cool stuff, but I, I want more for, for all of you as I want for my own children. Uh, and uh, I worked in agriculture from the time I was seven to the very day I went off to the university. A lot of the times uh, people ask me, well, how is that even possible? And I share with them that I picked strawberries in Paw, Paw Michigan from six in the morning till about 12 o'clock noon. Went home to the migrant labor camp in Pawpaw, uh, Mandigo Farms, uh, took a shower, packed my one little suitcase, and by 5 o'clock that same day, I was sitting in my dorm room at Alice Lloyd Hall at the University of Michigan. And uh, so I did my undergrad at the University of Michigan. I did a master's degree in San Jose State in Mexican-American Studies, um, a PhD, Chicano Latino Studies at Michigan State University. And I've been an educator for more than 20 years. I've worked in K-12 education, higher education. Uh, much of that time I was working with migrant uh, farm worker students. 
Uh, and uh, now I'm teaching at UTRGV in the Learning Frameworks first year uh, seminar course. Well, Jose, that concludes our interview. <laughs> you, you walked us through all of your education. This is, I think, I think, I know I've had somebody else who did that. Um, and um, so this is not a first, but, um, but thank you. Thank you for that very um, thorough introduction. But I, now I, I want to go back. And so, you know, you, you took us back. You took us all the way to sort of where you came from. Um, what I want to know is, and, and this, is, this is different for everybody, but one's educational journey. Where does your educational journey begin if you had to identify a starting point? Well, I tell you, when I when I teach uh, students, I, I often ask them uh, when we talk about memory and long term, short term memory, I, I have them go back to the very first educational experience. So mm -hmm. I do this in class and and it's always interesting to me where they where they take it uh, and how far back it goes. Uh, but for me, my first uh, memory period in life is connected to an educational uh, experience. And I remember when we first arrived from Mexico, we didn't have a place to stay. And my grandmother was living in Donna uh, in a small sort of these prefabricated modular homes that, you know, that populate many of our colonias. And there were seven adults living in that room. And uh, and my grandparents loaned us a room in the house. And I come from a family of 10. Uh, so overnight, they went from seven people living in the house to 17. Uh, people in, in, in one small uh, home. And my very first memory uh, of life is is uh, being uh, maybe three, four years old. And uh, those that are familiar with colonias know that, that oftentimes the bus won't drive into a colonia. It'll just drop you off in, you know, the biggest street and then you have to walk to your to your home. So my biggest, my first memory of, of education is, is me standing, uh, and my grandparents lived at the very last house on that colonia, or second to the last house, me standing in the middle of the streets, uh, waiting to, for my brothers to come home from school, my older brothers from coming home from school. And I remember it pretty, pretty, pretty vividly, just being in the, and just seeing them walking all the way from the bus stop and me kind of keeping my, 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 get, my eyes on them you know, uh, until they came home. Uh, so for me, to me, that's what marks the, the beginning of my, you know, my, my educational experience. And, and, and uh, uh, as the first, also the first memory that I have, you know, uh, of my existence here on this planet. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And I can, I can picture you standing and waiting. You know, my, what I want to know is, what do you remember about maybe the early earliest messages that you got, whether it was from your older brothers or from your parents about the value of school and the value of an education? Yeah, the earliest memories of my parents. One of the things that I've thought of often, uh, and I think my parents are, my, are, are uh, similar to many migrant parents, because I, I've I've had the pleasure of working with many uh, former migrant students or or current migrant students, and my first memory is also you know it was a memory that that sort of 
uh, followed me everywhere I went in life. And and uh, anything related to school, my parents always said, échale ganas a la escuela para que no andes trabajando en la labor como burros, como nosotros. Uh, so go and, and, you know, give 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 your education your best so you're not working like donkeys like us in the fields. And this continues. So that's the, when, when, when we talk about, uh, you know, for my for me, the first memories that I, that I remember about school for my parents is, is that lifelong lesson. Uh, and and he, although it was, um, you know, people might take those words and, and, you know, see them as just words. To me, it was a deeper message. Uh, it went beyond, you know, it, it, it reinforced the idea uh, that, that they valued education. I sometimes hear folks in, in, in education circles or, you know, different places say, well, the parents might, the parents don't care uh, because they're not here. The parents don't care. They don't support the, 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 you know, the schools. And I can tell you that my parents cared about my education, my brother's education. If they did not care, we wouldn't have graduated high school. We would not have graduated from college. And, and I, I, I I say that and I share that when I hear these, these these words, because they might not say I care about your education, you know, go in and, and do X. But they gave us these lifelong lessons. Uh, tell us you don't want to be doing these things for the rest of your life. You want something better for you and your children, uh, because they also shared with us that it's, it was hard for them to have to take their kids to work. Uh, a lot of the times folks uh, believe that maybe. You know that the parents want to make an extra dollar or what have you, but for, in, in our case, in the case of many migrant farm workers, it's not about an extra dollar. There is no extra dollar to be made. Uh, it's about living life and surviving. Uh, we, you know, we 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 would not have made it if we didn't work. It's just the bottom line. Uh, but that's the message that they shared with us. Este le ganas a la escuela para que no estés trabajando en la labor como burros, like we are. And 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 I, when I talk to students, they repeat that. Right? And whatever phrase comes after, but they repeat this. This is something that I, I believe uh, uh, is, is, is critical. And then from the theoretical perspective, there's something called a life course uh, approach to education. Right? And people have studied this. And, 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 and so I think that and I think of, of all these migrant farm worker families who are telling their children, uh, you know, uh, go get an education so you're not doing this. And this is a life lesson, a life, uh, lifelong message mm -hmm. that, that I heard that I think resonated so deeply within me and my brothers and, and, and that, that uh, we knew that an education was the way uh, out of, uh, out of, you know, that particular circumstance. And, and uh, so we heeded the, heeded the message of our parents and the advice of our parents you know, because uh, although they don't have a formal education, my parents went to the third, fourth grade in Mexico. I mean, they have these life lessons that I that I that I will never have. And I and I and I tell parents when I talk to them, because uh, oftentimes they say, well, you know, they're in high school. I didn't go to high school. Maybe I can't help them. I can't uh, guide them. And I say, oh, no, you can guide them and you can help them. Uh, I share this story with them that my father one sat me down and he told me, he said, Mijo, when you, when you got to fifth grade, you became smarter than me because I only went to the fourth grade. So now you are smarter mm -hmm. than I am. And I didn't, I didn't make sense of, sense of it then when he told me because I was just a, you know, I was a kid. 
but but in retrospect, uh, I realized that uh, that I that I'll never have these life lessons that our parents have conocimiento de la vida, you know, knowledge of life that that could be so valuable to 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 students in in all levels, high school, college. Uh, believe me, I talked to my parents when I was earning my PhD, and they gave me advice. Uh, they may have not been connected to the coursework, but it was, uh, you know, experiences that they've had, challenges that they've overcome, and sort of put things in perspective. Uh, so I think that's why, to me, it's important uh, to continue uh, encouraging students to remain connected to family, even if, you know, they've gone to college, even if they're getting a master's, PhD. Uh, because there's, I see a, a, a value in it, yeah, and I also see uh, an impact in 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 student success. Uh, student success to me is connected to reminding our students of you know family and and what are the things that they're uh, you know uh, that they're uh, their biggest motivators, their biggest supports. When I talk to students ninety. 90 to you know almost 100 percent of students say the biggest support is family the biggest motivator is family and so i i try to include some of these in 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 the course and not just what my teachings but also into some of the assignments because i think it's so valuable you know thank you for for all of that you know you you mentioned there was so much there such richness to, to unpack um you know the first thing that i think of is when you mentioned that, you know, um, there is a perception, right? And, and I think we, I think in education, uh, there tends to, they tend, you know, folks in education, I'm not going to say whom or what, but a generalization of parents, particularly migrant parents, low income parents, recent immigrant parents, right? Um, who maybe don't have the knowledge, don't have the educational experience. And so if they're taking their kids out or making them work at a young age or taking them with them to travel to work, um, migrate to work, right? The the I think the easy thing to say is they don't care, right? But like, just as you shared, they, they do, they absolutely do care, right? But it is about, you gotta make decisions about survival, right? And so I, I appreciate that. Um, because I think, man, those those perceptions are really powerful. They're really powerful, and 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 I mean, even us, you know, though you know, you and I, we work in higher ed, and and you, sometimes those kids internalize those perceptions, right? And so we have to spend a lot of time breaking that down and dispelling those myths, because I think, like you said, everything that you said, everything that that I'm I'm hearing your story, Jose, and I'm and I'm picturing your household. And the messaging, right? And they, you know, they're they're like, you know, there are these studies that like, oh, the number of the books that exist in a family's home or this and that, right? These cultural markers, right? But still, the 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 knowledge base, right, of our parents, these like as you said, the life course lessons, right? Taking life and using those to instill knowledge and to instill lessons that are still deeply rooted in education in about learning to advance and to do more and to be, you know, to, to, uh, to improve one's life, one's livelihood. I, you know, I, that I saw, at least I could hear all of that and everything that you said. And so I'm picturing this in your house and even 
in the quote unquote, maybe absence of certain things, there was richness in a, of other things in richness in sort of that familial support, the love, the, the, that pushing. Right. So thank you for all of that. You know, you paint this beautiful picture of your home and, and the, the nurturing that, that you're, that you're receiving and, and the encouragement, you know, but you also started at the beginning with all of your brothers. So that's a powerful message. You know, we, we, you and I work in education. We see families, we see kids that have brothers, sisters, and it's not common, even in, in um, middle class families where you say, oh, I have four siblings and all of them went to college. And then here you are coming from a migrant family background. Again, those expectations, those perceptions and all of your siblings, you know, doing amazing things, doing well. So clearly the messaging was powerful from mom and dad. Right. And from the, those around you, what were your what were your early schooling experiences like? If you can remember. You know, my early experiences were were. I mean, I think when you when you when you when you talk about education, so much of it is connected. Uh, and 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 just to, to wrap up this idea of perceptions, uh I'll tell you that we we uh, we hardly ever miss school. My parents made it a point to say, you know what, your school's number most important. You're not going to miss it. Even though we had family members uh, who would tell my father that he needed to take us out of school uh, and put us to work. So you have eight boys. Once they get married, they're not going to give you a dime. So you take them out of school, work them. And and get your money now because you're not going to get it later. And and uh, my father always said, no, I'm not. I'm never going to take them out of school. I'm going to let them go as, as far as they can go. And whenever they can't go any further, they always have a house here with me. They can come back if it doesn't work out. Uh, and and I remember one time we were in Michigan, uh, and this was in the fall, you know, September, October during the apple season. Uh, we hadn't saved enough enough money. We hadn't made any money that summer. Uh, we had, you know, we had spent everything we had worked for. Uh, and my father, we needed money to come back home to Texas. We didn't have any money to drive back, no gas money. So my father uh, apologized. He said, I'm really sorry, but uh, I might have to take you out of school for a week or two, just so we can have enough money to, to go back. Uh, so that's what we did. We missed, I think, uh, in total, about two weeks of school. And those two weeks we spent uh, picking apples just to make enough money to drive the car back to South Texas. And my dad apologized many times uh, because I do believe that he took that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite, quite uh, uh, personally. And he was very sorry that we missed those two weeks of school. So this is where I come from when I talk about the perceptions that sometimes we have. Uh, and my parents, uh, and, and, and this is interesting because it still happens today, and I don't understand it, uh, but I, I go to activities at school and everything's in English. Everything. And, and, in, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, here we are, 2023, where there's plenty of people who can speak both languages. And, and I go to a school meeting, and I think of my parents. When I do a talk, I, I make it a point. If there's one person in there in their whole entire auditorium 
that does not speak English, I do my presentation bilingually because I, I cannot fathom how we can, as educators, be in front of a podium, deliver everything in English, knowing well that there's some people who might not understand. And I think of my parents when I say, when, when they would come see us receive awards for this or for that, and you say, Mom, and you ask your mom, Mom, how did you like the, you know, the presentation? Digo, pues no entendí nada, mijo, pero pues me gustó que tú estabas ahí arriba. And, and and so I told myself at a young age, I'm never going to do that to anybody else. And and so when we talk about perceptions, we also need to, to understand that that the schools and, and 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 administrators, teachers, counselors, we we like we do in our classes. You know, we were talking about how we welcome students into our classes. Students know, you know, when they're walking into a welcoming environment. Well, parents know too. And sometimes parents will go to a place and if they don't understand they might not come back because they don't see the value of going and sitting somewhere where, where they're going to talk in a language that's foreign to you and you might not come back but my my earliest uh memories in education are 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 also obviously connected to my migrant farm worker you know because we would start school here uh when we were younger we would pretty much stay here a lot of the a lot of the year for school, but you know, when we started migrating seven, eight years old, we would leave early, come back late. Uh, those are those are early memories. Um, I remember I, I went to a school in 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 Donna. It was South Donna. It's called Run Elementary. It's on a military uh, highway, really south. Now it's next to the to the bridge. Uh, and and some of my earliest memories. Uh, it's interesting because I was a uh, I was in, I mean, it must have been kinder first. And uh, and my earliest memories is connecting with a janitor that that worked in 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 the school. My brothers and I, maybe it's because he spoke Spanish, maybe it's because you know he made people feel like they were seen. But I, I we formed and we used to we used to call him Casco Amarillo. Right? That's what that's what me and my brothers call him, the man in the yellow hat. And and oh Casco Amarillo, like hey, you know, we we would we would uh we would talk to the guy and the guy would talk to you like like a person. And and for some reason my brothers and I, you know, gravitated towards this person and he became sort of a Roma. Uh and I think that you know, to me that that, that says a lot because anybody can be a role model to to a to a, a young impressionable mind, and this person served as a role model. Uh, and to this day, we talk about, hey, Casco Maria, you remember Casco Maria? Yeah, yeah, the guy from Donna, you know, from that 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 school. Um, but those are some of my earliest memories. I remember uh, back in and when I was growing up, they still used corporal punishment, right? So they would still like take you and like spank you, and and I do remember uh, one of my earliest memories <laughs> was getting taken to the office uh, and getting getting swats from from a from a principal for something that I. I know I didn't do, all right, and 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 so so kids were throwing stuff around the room and uh, pencils went flying and they and they picked me and I'm thinking, well, I'm a, I'm a straight A student, I, I wasn't throwing pencils, and sure enough, they take you to the office and 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 um, you know, and they and they and they and they do that. Interestingly enough, that principal that did that moved up with me in schools, and uh. uh in fourth grade, I was uh, 
receiving an A, B honorable award or something to that effect. And um, we were going to sing uh, We Are the World in front of the whole school, right? That was a celebration. We we're going to sing We Are the World and they're going to give us popcorn and and they invited all the parents. They always bring your parents. And so we, we showed up. Um, but getting there uh, was, was interesting because uh, it was, I think the event started, let's say about six o'clock. It was 4.30, five o'clock and my parents weren't home yet. Uh, at that time, we didn't have a car. All we had was a one of these uh, sort of industrial sized flatbeds, big red trucks that you know that they used to have back in, in those days. And I'm not talking about like a pickup flatbed. I'm talking like a big big truck pick flatbed. <laughs> My parents had been working all day. Uh, they came home, and they were covered from head to toe in mud because they had been working out in the fields. And when they open the door, they see me all dressed up and ready to go, right? I'm, I'm putting on my clothes and I've got my, you know, my outfit, white shirt, black pants, whatever, whatever the uniform was for that day. And uh, my parents looked at me and and I could tell they were tired. I mean, I, my dad saw me and he kind of went like, oh, that's tonight. Uh, and my mom said, if he wants to go, we're, we're going to take him. Let's go. And my dad's like, well, and then they, there was no time to shower, clean, change anything. So they got in the truck and we went to the school in that big red truck. <laughs> and uh, so uh, my parents, we get there, my parents, I uh, say, well, let's go. And they're like, no, just go in. We'll, we'll follow. We'll be, we, we'll be right in. And, and so I, I'm, I'm up on stage and, you know, I'm looking for them. I don't see them. Uh, I'm singing a song. I'm looking for them and I still don't see them. Uh, and, I, you know, the, the event is over and I, and I never saw them. So I'm thinking, well, where did they, where did they go? Uh, so then when it was over, I walked out and I, they're sitting in the truck. And I said, uh, Ma, why didn't you come inside? And they said, well, we did, we tried. We walked to the front door and they were charging $5 per parent. And we didn't have it. We didn't have any money. We didn't, we, we had no money on us. So, so we stood by the door and tried to to see the thing and we were kind of seeing what was happening and then the principal came and closed the door on us and there was those metal doors that didn't have a window so they closed the door on us and so then we went back to the truck because we couldn't see anything and, and so those are the things that stand out to me and, and so as i've grown up as an educator i've told myself these are the things that i'm never going going to do uh, to parents, never going to do to students, uh, because they 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 do last. Uh, uh, these memories last a lifetime, and and so my education is is uh, you know maybe it's like many other folks, but it's filled with some of these uh, things that are, to me are incomprehensible to do to a, to a kid, and 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 it has shaped me uh, as an educator. Uh, as I've said before, to never do this to kids, and, and especially never do this to parents. Uh, and 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 I think that when you are growing up the way I grew up, uh, I think I I counted one time, and I think maybe gone to like forty different schools growing up between Michigan, uh, Montana, Texas, uh, constantly moving around. You you experience so much. 
Um, that's not even talking. That's not even getting into what you experience, uh, you know, daily working in the fields. Um, that also shaped your education. Uh, but those are some of my my earlier memories uh, growing up and in, in particularly in the schooling system. You know, having. Um, and I imagine. You know, the, something like that. Like that's a really powerful experience and that clearly that stays with you, right? You, I'm going to venture to say there were other experiences like that. Yes. Yeah. You, um, and yet, you know, your parents, like, because I, I, I don't know. I, I um, you know, I, I you hear stories uh, of kids who have a similar experiences. Um, and you and I, we talk a lot about belonging, sense of belonging in the school, in a classroom. Um, you, you, those experiences build up, right? You have, if you have those consistently, how do you not? just lose hope in school. Like if, 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 if this institution, if this place treats my parents less than if it takes away opportunities from kids like me or limits opportunities for kids like me. And yet you and your parents, your brothers remain faithful, faithful to the power of education. Why? Well, I think it's my parents' messaging. It, I think it's a combination of my parents' messaging. Uh, no matter what happened in school, uh, we somehow understood that, that education was the way to get through it. So it's something that we had to do. So get, giving up was not an option if we really wanted to, to, to achieve that. But, but, but I think the other piece is my, my parents' messaging, understanding that school is important. But I also believe that for me and my brothers, at least, uh, it was also the things that we experienced working in the fields because we had, I would say, maybe even worse experiences working in the fields than we did in, you know, in education. Uh, and when you work in agriculture for as long as as I did, uh, and 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 we could put it in, in comparison to what my parents, it's, it's a fraction of it. Uh, but you see so many things that go wrong. Uh, I, I, you know, I could talk for it. For, for days about many of the atrocities that I've seen working in agriculture uh, within my own family. And, and I think when you, when you, when you go through those experiences, um, uh, for example, I remember one time we were working in, in, in Michigan in a place called uh, Decatur, Michigan. And uh, uh, we were weeding uh, a field and uh, the crop duster just flew right over us and spread. And it's not like we were, the plants we were weeding were less than a foot tall. So we were the tallest thing on that field. And the crop duster didn't care, just flew right over, so we ran. But my mother was not very fast. So I think she got the brunt of, of that spray. And, and maybe I'm making this up, but I could almost swear, because when you do the crop duster, you fly really low. I could almost swear that the guy looked at us and, and smirked 
because uh, you can see that you can see the pilot because it's a clear sort of you know cover and, and and so i had many i had more of those probably than i did in in, in school but everything shapes you so when you go through these very extremely difficult moments uh, uh, in, in agriculture, it sort of reinforces the idea that education is the only way out of that. Education is the only way to get out of even a worse circumstance. Uh, but I think my, 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 my parents' message, but more importantly, uh, my parents' belief in education was much stronger than you know what 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 happened with that administrator what happened you know across my uh, and my brother's uh education uh that messaging and that belief my parents belief uh that never wavered it's it's, it's because of them mm-hmm. it's because they they never wavered in their belief in education they never wavered in in their desire for us to have more yeah and 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 when i say more uh, oftentimes it, it wasn't about money a lot of the migrant farm workers said, I just want my kid to work in air conditioning. I just want him to work inside. You know, we and, and education is what will allow you to get there. And whether you're a migrant farm worker or a low-income family, uh, in a recent immigrant family, there's a belief in education that if we as educators could only harness and 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 be more welcoming of, of, of these parents, Speaking in Spanish, uh, I I think we would be much more successful in in helping students and minimizing these uh, these uh, experiences that I had that I believe are not unique. Unfortunately, I believe other students have had similar experience, and and I've borrowed some of your some of your work with having students do educational biographies, and this is what they're sharing. Mm-hmm. They're sharing what they're going through with schools, and it and it has stuck with them so much that it becomes part of their educational backstory. And and not all of it is positive. Yeah, not all of it is positive. They say these these particular folks made it very hard for me to transition from coming from middle school in Mexico to high school here in in Texas, uh, and, and uh, you know my parents not being welcomed in school. So I continue to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so I continue to voice my uh you know my 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 perception when people say well the parents they just don't care and i i say well let's 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 take a step back and you know let me tell you what my perspective is based on what i've lived yeah uh you know as a student educator here in south texas mm. you know you know i ask all my guests uh another another thing that i ask guests is um you know, when they're when they're young, you're going through school and we have. Um, apologize for that. I think it's my dog <laughs> in the room next door. Um, but it, we you know, we ask kids, what do they want to be when they grow up? And so you already looking to education, your parents encouraging education. What were some of those early aspirations for you? Uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be very honest. My early aspirations. uh I don't think I thought beyond graduating high school, getting a college education, leaving, you know, the, the fields, uh, helping my parents, being able to help my parents at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and so my my aspirations were uh, 
were framed in that way. I was not thinking about, you know, I want to be a police officer or a firefighter. Maybe I did at that time. Uh, but, but I, 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 you know, I would be lying if I said, if I told you that I knew at a young age that I wanted to be a professor or that I thought about being this, my, my thinking was education is key for me getting out of the migrant stream. Education is what's going to allow me to be able to, 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 to have a, a, a good, a decent job, uh, and to be able to help my parents. So, so, so I, I, that's, that, those were my aspirations. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think I, I led uh, through trial and error sort of, you know, and, and realizing that I really love working with students in a classroom led me here. Uh, But, but uh, at that point I had no reference point, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I'm not saying that was the reason, uh, but I, I, I didn't have people to, that could say, oh, you know, you could be a, a doctor, a lawyer. I mean, now my children, you know, see, oh, their Tio, you know, Tio Cito's a lawyer, Tio Rubens a pharmacist, you know, Tio Ramon's an engineer. So they have these these references, and 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 they can think. I mean, they still want to do follow their own paths, and and I think because we, because because now we uh, you know, now we can exp- they've been exposed to different things, things that I've never been exposed to. Right? I tell my kids, you've done more in your you know, year years of life than I did my whole life. I mean, you've gone to places, you've seen things. Uh, and, and so, uh, yeah, those were my, those were my, my aspirations. That's what, that's what drove me getting out of the migrant stream, helping my parents, getting a job in the air conditioning. <laughs> I, I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a guest recently, uh, he's a high, high school principal, and he talked about that. He said that his, you know, his, he's a migrant, part of a migrant family, and he said, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, they would talk about people in the community, the people that worked inside, the people that worked in air conditioning, and like that they that 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 was some of the messaging, like aspire, work hard so you can work inside, so you don't have to work outside. Um, yeah, and yeah um, it's that's powerful. That's yeah. I, I so we made I, we made it we made it we we made, made it, it yeah we made it. <laughs> we, made it, we made it inside uh, but you know but but it, I think that uh, once you start getting to the university there was you know then then is when you start thinking yeah. that's when I got to college I'm like well you know maybe I'm going law sounds interesting you know and then. And then I and then I said, no, I want to work in education. I want to work with migrant farm workers. That, that to me, that's when our aspiration, uh, professional aspirations, began to develop. Once we got there, up to that point, it was really, it was just, it was, it was about knowing. We knew we had to go somewhere. Yeah, we knew we had to get a college education. Yeah. And then my oldest brother went to San Marcos, uh, Texas State. Uh, and then uh, my second oldest brother went to a trade school in Wyoming. Uh, then my third brother went to the University of Michigan. And then from that point forward, we all went to the University of Michigan. So my my brother uh, went there. I went there. Then my, uh, was it, two, four younger brothers followed me. So then six of us uh, graduated from the University of Michigan in the span of like 10, 12 years or something like that. Uh, you know, between the... Did you all choose oh. Michigan because of, like, the proximity of the work that you all had been doing? 
we 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 I mean we migrated to Michigan, but we also knew it was a very big, a very, a very good school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very good school. Uh some folks that worked in the migrant aid program that had known our family since we were in elementary school. Uh one of the teachers was an alumnus and she drove my older brother to the University of Michigan, showed him around and kind of, you know, walked him through the application and he got in and after that he sort of guided me and then I guided my little brothers and then we became uh sort of uh peer mentors to each other and and uh you know helped each other out and 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 got through to the university with uh you know supports of the school and 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 community and sort of forming uh a community there for ourselves um but that's uh that's how we got there did anybody because you, you hear it I've heard it shared with through countless guests. Um, you know, you you mentioned this the, the the migrant education program. You mentioned this person drove drives your brother to Michigan and and shows them around. Um, but were there any people discouraging you, saying you the University of Michigan? I mean, you're, you're right. University of Michigan is one of the best. It's one of the best institutions in the world consistently ranked top five public institution in the country. Um, Did anybody discourage you or say you couldn't do that? You know, I don't remember being discouraged. Uh, And, and, and I don't know if it was a function of me just, I mean, I was a very private person. I wasn't, you know, sharing with the world that I was applying to the University of Michigan. Or I applied to a couple of, two or three schools, right? And I was like, well, you know, see what happens. Um, at that time, our school was sending a lot of students to Eastern Michigan University, which is adjacent. It's a place called mm-hmm. Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're taking a group of students to visit, you know, Eastern Michigan University. So I said, okay, I'll go. And I, I went. And then, you know, one of the days, maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I kind of broke away from the group. <laughs> I, and, I, and I got on the bus and went to the University of Michigan uh, with a friend of mine. And, and so we walked around campus. And uh, But it wasn't, it wasn't uh, you know, like public information. Or what have, I mean, I wasn't putting it out out there that I was applying. So I, I didn't get discouraged. I had my brother who was encouraging me, which was more important than what anybody could say. I do remember that when we were graduating, the graduation ceremony, um, you know, when the top, you know, students were coming by, they were saying, oh, this is so-and-so, and they're going to this university, and they've gotten this much in scholarships, what have you. Uh, and I was among the top. You know, I, I I don't remember if I was top ten percent, but I was I was pretty high in the for being a migrant student, right? I was higher than you know a lot of students. And when when I went up there, they didn't say anything about me. They knew that I'd been accepted to the University of Michigan. They knew that I had gotten offered, you know, a good amount of of, of money to go. And and in the moment, I was a little confused. But later, I you know I got angry. I said everybody was recognized for these places they were going, right? And 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 I was thinking, well, why didn't they, why didn't they say where I was going? Yeah. Uh, so more than being discouraged, um, I can't I can't get inside people's heads. I don't know why they didn't do it. I don't know if they 
thought that maybe I wasn't going to be successful or they, or maybe they thought it was a fluke. I don't know. Yeah. But to this day, I still, I still feel like going back in time and grabbing the microphone and saying, you know, and this was somebody thinks I'm going to the university of Michigan. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I don't think I, I can't say that I was ever, uh, discouraged that I can recall right now. Yeah. Um, I just sort of knew that that's where, you know, my, my brother was, that's where I wanted to go. And then, and then I don't know if we created a pipeline for, for ourselves or. It sounds know, like people, it. <laughs> I think, I, I think once, once the university realized that, that, you know, that this, <laughs> that we produce results they're like, okay, kind of like the migrant stream, right? If you're a good fan, we're a good working family. They keep bringing you. Yeah. So, so I guess the university realized that. We wanted to get into the air conditioning bad enough that we were going to do well at the university. <laughs> was the uh, was the transition difficult for you? Transitioning uh, to college. I, I, I will say it was probably the most difficult for my older brother because he went on his own, mm. uh, and he and and uh, I credit my brother City Lord with with uh, uh, being a trendsetter, opening doors. For, for for the rest of us. I mean, my older brothers too, because they set the example, right? My older brother went and my other brother went. And then when it got to me, it wasn't about whether or not you're going, it's where you're going to go. Yeah. Uh, so, so they, they sort of started clearing that path, but in terms of the university of Michigan, uh, I think he, 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 he took all the lumps yeah. for all of us. He was the one that had to be away on his own. He was the one that had to figure things out. And then when I went, he sort of knew the ropes a little bit. So he, sort of, I mean, he made that transition so much easier, right? Because he was telling us about the university. He, you know, he could walk you around. He could tell you, you know, this is where you come to your financial aid check. This is where you go to the library. So he, he, uh, he, he cleared a lot of the roadblocks. And I know that he, he had a hard time, um, probably harder than any of us, because by the time I got there, he had done that for me, my brother's little brother's got there, then we had done it. We, we sort of helped him out and sort of guide him to things. Uh, but had he not been there, the transition would have been uh, much, much more difficult uh, for me. Yeah. Well, you um, earn your bachelor's degree from University of Michigan, and then you continue with your education. Earlier, you said you earned a master's degree at San Jose State, go back, go to Eastern Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan State turned your doctorate. You really took your parents' messages to heart. Why was it so important for you to continue and to earn the master's and earn the, the doctorate? Well, I I, I think I, I begin to began to realize that um, the two things. I think one was that that I I began, it began to crystallize in my mind what I wanted to do. And and in my mind, uh, the bachelor's was not going to allow me to, to do some of the things that I, that I wanted to do. Uh, I, I, I sort of always leaned towards education, but I also, at, you know, before getting my master's, I was also interested in the, in the policy side of things and, and, and helping migrant, and really working with migrant farm worker families. And supporting them in some way, and and to me, uh, California was a place to for me to go pursue my academic interests, get a different perspective of the migrant farm worker experience, to be able to support families differently and more effectively. 
And and it did. It did that for me when I was out there. I I did some work with La Unión del Pueblo Entero and and Salinas and and uh, you know. So I got to 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 talk to migrant farm worker families out there, get that perspective. Uh, and 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 I think that was one of the the best decisions that I that I uh, could have ever made. And 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 so for the doctoral degree it was somewhat similar. Uh, I knew that with a master's degree, I I came back to to the valley and I had a couple of uh, jobs in education that I really loved and enjoyed. Um, but then it sort of was a similar, uh, sort of a similar experience. Uh, uh, I was doing things that in my mind were a little limiting because they're so, uh, you know, when you're working in some of these, uh, uh educational settings, sometimes we put sort of box, try to box people in and you try to do these creative things and it's like, oh, well, I don't know if we can do that. And I'm like, well, you know, what do I need to do to do that? Well, you need to, my thinking is like, well, get a PhD and go to the university and research and teach and, and, and come up with these new ideas. And, and so that's what drove me to, to continue my education. Uh, and, and so this is what I'm doing now, working at a university teaching, working with students, promoting college success and, uh, seeing myself as a facilitator of academic success and not a not a gatekeeper of it, uh, you know, I talk to students and I say I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to to to, to fail anybody. I'm here to 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 see if we can't how I can support you and I can facilitate your academic success. Yeah. And and I I and all of that to me comes from everything that I've experienced growing up. You know that my parents have experienced, my brothers, uh, and. Uh, and now even my own children, you know, I, I want to be, a, I, want, I, I want them to go to a university. I want them to be in schools where the teachers and the faculty see themselves as facilitators of student success. Uh, and and not there to, to sort of, you know, the old terms people used to, 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 to use is weed out courses, right? Not, we're not weeding out students. We're helping them along. Uh, no matter where they are and no matter where students start, I tell students it does not matter where you start; it matters where you finish. Yeah. And 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 so you know, coming from I go from worker back, and I do. I share these students with my students. These stories that I had that I share with you, some of them I, I I share with students when I think that they're relevant to what we're covering in class. Um, because to some extent, they also need to know that we're, you know, that we're human beings too. We're, we that we have these same experiences, that we've had these same obstacles many of them that we've had to overcome and 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 i think we were able to transmit that they feel a little more connected to us mm -hmm. faculty as teachers and they're more willing to ask us questions and they're more willing to engage with us which is to me what we should want as educators to connect with students in ways that are meaningful in ways that they feel seen and, and cared about you know, um, Jose, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think, um, you know, I, 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 if I, if I reflect on my own educational background, my, my story, right, I, I, I was incredibly privileged, but, but I also recognized, like for me, I, I don't know why I paid attention to the kids that didn't have access and the kids that weren't, you know, and kids that, that I knew and through sports and things like that, that were really sharp, but nobody was paying attention to them and nobody was helping them. Um, and so from, from, and then, and also recognizing like, you know, we're 
I'm where I'm at because of a lot of people, because a lot of people open doors for me or looking out for me. And so I want to do the same for students um, wherever I can. So I, I appreciate you sharing that and sharing how you've taken all of these stories and sort of how, how it has informed, informed your work and even informed your work as a father with your own children. As we transition out, um, because I do want to be mindful of your time, what usually I ask my guests to give a piece of advice, to leave us with some piece of advice. Um, but for you, I, I'd, I'd like you to do the same, but I, I want you to really think about who would you, who is it that you would like to leave this advice to? Is it, are the, is it for parents? Is it for students? Is it for the migrant students? So choose an audience, no pressure, and give us some advice. Well, the, the advice that I would give would be for students, uh, and 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 uh, the advice that I that I that, that I that I give students in my class that I would leave leave uh, you know this this podcast with is is that recognize everything that you bring into the classroom, all the experiences you've had, everything your family has deposited in you, and take that into a classroom. And if you do that, you're going to step into that classroom a little bit differently. You're not walking into the classroom as an empty container that's going to be filled with with knowledge by the instructor or the professor. While you might learn something, you also come in with a lot of uh, lived experiences, things you've had to overcome. And uh, when I talk to students, uh, high school or, or college, I, could tell, I tell them that high school and college can both feel like very big places. And I use the metaphor of uh, sort of being a, a small boat in the ocean. And and if you can't anchor yourself in anything, you're going to be pushed around. You're going to you might even be smashed up against the rocks. So I tell students, use everything that you bring into the classroom. Have that be your anchor and drop it right in the center. And that is going to keep you grounded and keep you in place for your time there. You will not be moved around because there is value in everything that your parents have have taught you, uh, the experiences you've had. And uh, let's never forget that we come that we come into learning spaces with with so much uh, community cultural wells stories uh, and use them, leverage them and, and use them to help ground you and keep you anchored in spaces that might seem unfamiliar. Uh, but and if you do that, I think you will find uh, success. And also, don't be afraid to call your parents. Does not matter whether they went to college or not. <laughs> Talk to your parents, uh, because believe me, they have gone through so much in life that that you may never have to deal with because they've dealt uh, they've they've dealt with it on their own, uh, and and that has given them a a, a tremendous knowledge base uh, that 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 we can still use in 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 so many ways uh, while we're college students, undergrad, master's, PhD. Um, and, and, uh, if you do that, I think you're, you're poisoning, you're well poised for success. I couldn't agree more. Thank you. 
Thank you, Osa. Thank you for that advice. Thank you for sharing your story, taking the time to share your story. Um, I, and, and I know there's there's a lot more there. Um, I appreciate you, though, sharing with us, but then also sharing with your students, because I know, um, right, when we when it comes to a sense of belonging, when when they can they can connect in some way. Right. Whether it's through through hardship, perseverance. Right. But the story, the power of story, I think, is is um, critical to that to that, helping them develop that sense of belonging. So thank you for doing that. Um, this concludes another episode of the Way to College podcast. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to our listeners out there. Make sure you subscribe, rate, follow, all of that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.